What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This episode is with John Stallone, and this was actually one episode. I'm going to cut it into two parts. Uh, one was a t completely accidental Arrow episode, but you get two guys like me and John, and uh, <laughs> that's just bound to happen. Um, but the, the main episode was to go over the How for Wildlife organization that he is a member and a representative of, and we just talk about that with a lot of the unprecedented retarded things going on nowadays in the legislations in all over from Colorado, Utah, California, Oregon, Washington, just we are getting hit from all angles, all sides. And even if you don't live in those states, trust me, that is a hit to you because what sets a precedent in one state can set a precedent in another state and it just spills over. And uh, so we all need to get involved. We all need to get on the same page. It's a very important topic. And uh, at the end, hopefully you go to howforwildlife.org and you sign up and become a member completely free. And it, eventually, I guarantee you, you will be a benefactor of it directly, if not already indirectly. So uh, outside of that, guys, hope you enjoy the episode and I will see you at the end. Um, so I want you to I want you to talk to me about um, how is it how for wildlife or yeah. what, do you, what do you got going on there? So. Um, health wildlife was grown out of the necessity of having a fast acting tool to focus like the sportsman's voice on issues concerning wildlife management and, uh, and hunting and, and fishing. So, um, how's goals really like to shut down any initiative that doesn't support science-based or sound manage, I should say, not just necessarily science-based, but sound management practices mm -hmm. um and they basically they want to protect wildlife through the north american uh model of conservation you know this is what works this is what's proven to work and it doesn't cost you a dime to be a member um they're not going to bombard you with, you know, newsletters and spam mail and constantly asking you for money. Yes, they take donations and they'd be happy to take a donation because that's how it's ran. Um, but they're not going to be constantly asking for money like some other organizations do. They're not going to constantly annoy you with emails and stuff. You become a member and the only time you're going to get an email is when they need you to take take a stand. And the way it works is there's an action center. And when you go to the action center, like for instance, right now we're dealing with uh, in Arizona, there is a movement. It's not a petition yet. It's not in the works yet, but it's during the um, the open comment period. And there's a lot of emails trying to get this game game commission to look at mountain lion, bear hunting and bobcat hunting in Arizona. So what Hal is doing is right now to combat that. If you go on the action center, you click on the, on the Arizona um, wild, excuse me, the Arizona mountain lion and bear ban. Mm -hmm. And it's a petition, but it also sends an email to the um, open comment section right now and to the uh, rulemaking department. Okay. And the email will read, this is, uh, you know, abbreviated, but it basically says I'm a concerned sportsman. I don't want to, I don't want our, our, uh, the management of wildlife in Arizona to be dictated by emotions or something along those lines. And um, I do not support any banning of lion hunting, bear hunting, and bobcat hunting, oh, or it says something to the effect we support, you know, science-based wildlife management, and we want, you know, to stay status quo. So stuff like that, you know, it's it's several different emails, um, and I'm probably not saying them correctly, but they're very well written, and they get sent out to the powers that be, and then um, it shows in this particular case. So I'll explain how this all works. Every five years, the fish and game department here is required to evaluate. 
Hmm. And they have an open comment section uh, period, excuse me, that is from January 1st to January 31st. And they take in all these comments about how the last five years was basically. And then with that, they take those comments and they decide, okay, well, we got to look at this. We got to look at that. We got to look at this. So what's going on is they're laying the foundation for, um, for them to come in and put a petition to remove hunting. They're going to come and say, see the social, the social science, this is their new thing because we're always, we're always talking about science and now they're, they got their own science to back things up. It's social Mm. science. Hmm. They're doing it right now in California. They, they said that, 70% 70% of Californians don't want uh, sport hunting for bears. I don't know how they managed to pull everybody in California and come up with that number, right. but the social science anyway. So they're going to, they're going to cite that the social science, see all these people, it was lopsided. You know, that's what their, their, their goal is to show that the fishing game, that there was a lopsided um, opinion during the open comment period. So hopefully now they've gotten like 2000 something emails from non non hunting. Uh, but it's funny thing is almost none of them are from Arizona. Really? So it's not like they could say 70% of Arizonians, just whatever the, the comments coming from that, but they're not from Arizona. Most of them. Um, Do any of these comments have to have a name and phone number and address attached to them? Or are they all just, could they just be generic computer? It has, to be a, it has to be a name an email, but I'm sh- there's, I don't think the fishing game is checking. I mean, honestly, cause it could be 10 people with yep, a, it bot, really could be. a bot, you know, it, it probably, it probably could be. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know, but so what we're doing to combat that so that we don't have that issue is we have a name and a phone number when you sign up, but we're not giving that to the, the fishing game unless they ask us for it, um, you know, to, to verify, but we give them, we're going to give them the petition and we're going to give them we're and they're, and now they're getting all the emails. Excuse me. Um, this is why I don't do podcasts at nine o'clock. Cause when I'm talking about stuff, I got to think about, <laughs> um, I'm not very good at this, not this time of night. It's all <laughs> old good. man, old man shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, um, that's why, I mean, how for wildlife is doing stuff that, other organizations are not set up to do. It was actually designed to be a tool for all the con- conservation organizations to use. It's it's to be fast acting, you know, it's a way to focus the voice. And the reason why it's how that the name Howl for Wildlife came up out of a few th- different things. Uh, one, Howl stands for hunters. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I got to remember, but it's, it, it, it actually has an acronym of hunters and, you know, for wildlife, whatever. Uh, and then the, uh, the other reason why is, is we want to be a pack and have a focused voice, like a, you know, strong howl, one strong voice in a focused direction. And I, I kind of, every time I think about it, I think about my son and he watches a lot of Godzilla and the <laughs> fire coming out of Godzilla's mouth in the straight line, you know, like that's, that's what the focus was. And, you know, we wanted our voice to be heard because we are, a we are forced to be reckoned with. And the problem with the, the problem with us is we're so, divided as a group we we need to really stop looking at hunting as an individual sport and think of it as a community because the main problem we have is that okay so this is lion hunting bear hunting and and bobcat hunting which is the low-hanging fruit like mm-hmm. in when it comes to hunting not as there's not as many people that hunt those things as there are deer and elk let's say right so a guy in, let's say, New York that hunts whitetail out of a tree stand doesn't give two shits about a guy in, you know, in Colorado who hunts elk. They like nobody cares. We don't care about each other's because it's not our thing, right? It doesn't affect us. So why does mountain lion hunting in Arizona affect you in Oregon? At right now, it doesn't. Right. But the, nobody. We don't look at the big picture. The big picture is. I'll give you. a 
for instance, okay, so they they got trail cameras banned here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Three months later, it got banned in Utah. Right. They set precedents, and then they moved to the next low-hanging fruit in the next state. Um, and, and that's one thing. And then the other thing is, like, even, even if that wasn't a reality, so just a little background. I didn't say this earlier. I went to school for for a master's degree in, in Colorado State University for rangeland management and ecology. I have a professional certificate in forestry from Penn Forester, and I'm a certified deer steward from from Clemson. So I have a really good. I don't, I don't practice. I build swimming pools for a living. I don't work in. <laughs> I don't work in that industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm far removed from it. So that's why I don't include myself as a an authority on the subject, but I know enough to be dangerous. That's mm-hmm. the reason why I'm bringing it up. But one of the things I did learn, and I still look at, I look at everything, I look at everything holistically. Um, I know when you enter a system, no matter which way you enter it from, it changes something on the other side of that system. There's always a yin and a yang. There's always a push and pull. Um, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about with the arrows. Mm-hmm. You, know, you always got to give up something to gain something. And, and it's like, they don't, people don't look at it that way. They don't look at it like, well, I don't buy and hunt and I don't bear hunt, but it affects deer hunting and elk hunting and antelope hunting and, and javelina hunting here. Like it, it, it has the impact on it. Lions. Well, I'm just going to use lions because the numbers are easier for me to, to explain to you. It's well-known fact that a lion has to kill one big game animal every week, right? Right. If it's an elk, they say one every two weeks. But so let, let's go with their, but their main diet, main diet, their favorite thing to hunt is, is mule deer, just so you know, across the board. Hmm. Mule deer is number one. So in Arizona, we have 25 approximately 2,500 lines. That's it? Yeah. It goes up as, it goes up as high as 4,000. Okay. Um, and Oregon's pushing 7,000. <laughs> okay. Well, you got, you got different. Of that. So yeah. we're very, yeah. we're very limited on water and we don't have nearly as many. Do well, listen to how many deer we have? So Arizona has about 110,000 mule deer, hmm. 50,000 coos deer, 30,000 elk and about 40,000 apollina. Holy crap. Okay, so, so total out of all those undulates, that's 230,000. Okay. We have sheep, we have antelope too, but those populations are really tiny and I'm not including them in, in this right now, but 2,500 lions kill 130,000 big game animals a year. Hmm. 20, 2,500, 130. We have 230 total. That's more than half the population dies to predation every year that's crazy okay nobody understands that nobody takes that into account and so we have a threshold there was a study done here in arizona uh not too long ago um and it was for a long period of time it was from i want to say i i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but from 2700 uh from 2007 to 2017 i believe so it was a 10-year study period and Within that study, they cite that they feel the healthy population of lions in Arizona would be somewhere between 1,100 and 1,800 on any given year. So we're already at 2,500. We're way above carrying capacity on the study, right? We only take our threshold. Our threshold is set at 354. In the last 15 years... They have averaged a take of 256, I believe, or something around that was the take. Why is it so low when you guys can hunt them with dogs? Why is it? Why is it, Why aren't you guys killing more cougars over there? Because it's one. It's dry. It's dry ground hunting, right? Hmm. It's the hardest type of pound hunting there is. I I did it once. Only been I've only been uh, ground, dry ground hunting once here with with dogs, and I hunted. Five days, didn't even see a 
lion. We cut tons of tracks. We ran tracks. Didn't see a lion. Really? Then um, it got kind of hot. So I went home and then we got a cold snap again and I came back. I actually got a little snow on the ground. Um, and and then, you know, it was snow in Arizona in the desert. It lasts for an hour or two and then it goes away. But hmm. there was moisture, you know. Uh, so there's moisture in the ground. We went out, took another four days, and then we finally caught a line. Jesus. So nine, nine days riding, you know, 20 miles a day on horseback and not, not seeing a lion. Now, mind you, for a while, the last two years, not so much, but previously I was averaging where I would see two to three lions a year, glassing lines up. I haven't spent that much time in Kuzir country the last two years. Um, I didn't have, I personally wasn't guiding clients. Uh, my guides were, so I didn't see as many lines, but I would glass up lines quite frequently. Um, but you know, it's in Kuzir country. It's up on the, on the, in the Rocky and the nasty stuff and places that dogs don't do well and, and stuff like that. So, um, I think personally, the 2500 is a really low estimate. Everybody that I've talked to, even the biologist thinks it's a low estimate. Hmm. They think it's closer to 4,000, but using the model of estimation, whatever they do to do these things there, they say 2,500. We have 3,500 bears in Arizona and bears steal 40% of mountain lion kills, hmm. which causes mountain lions to have to kill more right. than, than the one a week. That makes sense. In California right now, bears are stealing 77% of the mountain lion hmm. kills. So, I mean, the amount of deer that are dying there is ridiculous. Right. They don't even have an elk herd. The only thing that they have, thank God, which is normally we consider a nuisance, is they have wild pigs, and wild pigs are a buffer, you know, a good buffer uh, species. But yeah. So anyway, going back to what I was saying is that it does affect you. It affects whether you hunt them or not. It affects you. And what's what's even more important about it is they're not going to just stop there. Anti-hunting groups aren't just going to stop at predators. That's just, like I said earlier, it's just a low-hanging fruit. Once they get that, then they're going to come for the next thing, and then they're going to come for the next thing, and then they're going to come for the next thing. And eventually, they're going to get to you. You know, They're going to get to what you love to do. And then you're going to be like, hey, Bill, come help me out. He's like, well, no, I was a lion hunter, and I haven't been doing that for 10 years. I'm, I snowboard now, you know? Right. That's my, that's my shtick now. Like, I <laughs> I don't even hunt anymore because they took away what I love. So yeah, good luck with that. You know, that's, what's going to happen or, you know, it's like, right. It's very possible. Oh, uh, well, especially yeah. on, on the, and, and you talked about it a little bit on the, uh, uh, West coast over here. <clears throat> um, Washington just lost their spring bear, uh, and they're trying to earn it back right now. Yep. We're working on that too. Yep. That's um, California, Typically over here, California leads, Washington follows, and then Oregon follows. Yep. And it, it's just like, man, you know, like we, we, I, and I was pretty vocal about it when they were going through this. Um, we changed the way that we manage our bears. We went from a just first come, first serve, 4,400 tags to mm-hmm. a draw. <clears throat> yep. And it's like, why'd you guys do that? And, uh, and they're like, well, cause we, had a bunch of bullshit reasons, which I don't believe. And I'm like, yeah. you should have went to a quota is what you should have done. And you didn't right. do that. And I've been vo- very that vocal about sense. that. Huh? That makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. you don't want to overtake. You know, we're, we don't want to, we don't want to get rid of predators. We want to keep them at a level that they keep the prey in check there. It's a healthy balance. Going back to that word again, balance, mm-hmm. right? It's all about having harmony and looking and having everything work holistically and if anti-hunters succeed in what they're doing they're going to disrupt that balance it's going to throw the you know the system way out of whack and 
in all honesty, in most places, it's going to ruin, you know, the prey herd. And then once the prey herd gets knocked down, then the predators are going to die off. And then the prey herd will come back. And then it'll just go back and forth, back and forth, and it won't be ever be in balance. It'll just go back and forth, back and forth. And the only t- places that balance will might find itself. And now, and I'm even finding out this might, this might be, uh, you know, counterintuitive to my what what I know. Um, that it would in my in my head and everything that I learned that it would be in like a place that is untouched by man, where we do not have any um have any interaction then it might possibly in five six seven decades right find some harmony right, right? but i mean we're, when 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 you go over and this is basically just basic education here when you have no human stuff and it's just it's a lot of predators a little bit of prey and then it just swings back and forth wildly but that does that takes generations for that to happen it doesn't happen over two years three years that takes right. a long freaking time. So you're right. going to cost, you know, maybe people 30, 40 years. I'm just a generic number. You know better than I was. But maybe they wanted to see bighorn sheep, and now they're not going to be able to see a bighorn sheep over right. here for 30 I'm years. Not be able to. Yeah. It's going it's to cause um, a wildlife desert is what they call it. Yeah. And, I, and I started listening to a gentleman who's, you know, got every credential you could possibly think of. His name is Dr. Valerius Geist, and he talks about the prey uh, predator relationship, and he talks about um, having this this wildlife desert. And so, I in my head, I I thought you know having it would balance itself back out if you if it was untouched by man. But he's talking about like way up in the Yukon and stuff like that. That. Even there, you see this phenomenon of the of the wildlife desert, which basically means all the prey animals get wiped out, and then a certain apex predator up there, it's usually grizzly bears, kind of take over, and then it never comes back hmm. because it gets to a certain point. Um, the other part about it is, you know, what what people really don't understand is. Now, I'm 45 years old. I'm not super old, but in 40 years, when I was a kid, there was like 4.5 billion people in there in the world, less than 5 billion people in the world. There's 8 billion people in the world now. Hmm. And we're 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 above our carrying capacity. But there's just way too many of us. And obviously we can't go and start calling people out, right? <laughs> right. And even though some of us would love to <laughs> stupidity is growing let me tell you it really is i would love to go out and no i really wouldn't but i i I definitely would not love to have that job (laughs) you know what i'm saying i wouldn't like to decide who stays and who goes but um all joking aside the you know we now we have to understand we have to figure out a way to one you know kind of for hopefully we can figure out a way to match the match the uh, the birth rate and the and the death rate and it stays the same so we don't keep on growing, but it, that's probably not going to happen. We're probably just going to keep on growing right. until until we've overgrown this planet and then then Earth is going to find a way to kick us off of it one way or another. But um, anyhow, that's a whole other conversation. That, but my whole point is we are eight billion people. 8 billion beings that are just takers. All we do is take, 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 consume, 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 and we don't really give back. So if we don't have that conservative, that's why we have that word conservation in it. If we don't have that mindset to how do we, how do we balance everything? How do we take just enough that it does the most good, right? That's the whole plan. If we don't have that mentality, if you have a even if you have a preservative mentality, which is what the the you know other side, the anti hunters have, there is no plan for putting back. It's just let's keep what we got. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hoard these marbles over here. This is this is my stapler, you know. Right. And, and then no nobody gets to use it. 
and there's no plan to put things back and to help them propagate in like, you know, Oh man, it gets me really freaking fired up because there's like literally there's an epidemic of blind wokeness in this country and those subscribing to it are willing to cut off their nose to spite their face. Right. And it's, it's extremely evident in issues concerning wildlife management. These special interest groups, these anti-hunting organization organizations, they've been planting seeds to gain the support of non-hunting public for decades, just filling minds with propaganda and lies. And, you know, but it's on us, right? We, we didn't do shit. We just sat back because I, I even remember this when I was in, when I first took my hunter's ed, I was nine years old and they taught us, don't put the deer on the hood of the car. <laughs> don't, you know, just be quiet about it. Don't show people like, don't like, they, they wanted you to be recluse and be in the shadows. And that was our mindset. And then the other side was all about, hey, let's hire the freaking, you know, most famous actor and this and that and get out there and show them cuddly, cuddly kittens and yeah. dying dogs and this and that. And let's take as much money as we possibly So, and it's entrenched in everything. It's Disney. If you watch a Disney movie, the hunters are villainized, right? Like, Every everything you look at, like even movies, I can't remember. I was like a movie. I think of Reese Witherspoon's in it. I was watching it, hmm. and these two hunters. They're in Oregon. I think she's in Oregon. Is that the one where she hikes? Yeah, and yeah. like she's worried about them raping her and this and that. And they're, <laughs> they're kind of shady dudes, and they're hiking and they're drinking yeah. beer, and it's like so we're always like portrayed really bad, but. That's like I said, it's not on us. There's nobody. We're not out there teaching people, right? We're not. We're not going out there and saying to non-hunters because they don't know. They don't know the reason they can walk on a public land and see herds of deer and elk. They don't know, right? That you know the funding for habitat comes from generated from the Pittman Robinson Act. They don't know that donations to conservation groups and license tags pay for all this. All this. Mm-hmm. I, I tell the story a lot. I've told it on my podcast several times. I've, I've, I've had this conversation with people. I was working out with a trainer here and he had, it was a class and all the guys that were working out with us were like in their twenties and I was the only old guy. And, uh, and I don't remember somewhere or somehow one of the guys like, Hey, Oh, you know, he's like, you know, John's a, like a professional archer and whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. And then we, so we kind of got on the talk, talking about hunting and I, and somebody said something, I don't remember what sparked it, but I, I turned around and said, Hey, I want to show a hands out of you 10 guys. You know, you're all college kids, whatever. Do you know where the money comes from to pay for wildlife management? Everybody showed the raise their hand, you know, hmm. and they all had the same answer taxes. Hmm. I'm like, what taxes, you know, taxes are taxes. The taxes we all pay for. He said, you pay for it? I said, yeah, you know, whatever taxes I pay for, it pays for it. Go, no, sir, you do not. Not a dollar comes from you unless you went and bought a fishing pole or, right. you know, box of bullets or something. But I said, you know, and I explained to him. And do you know how many hunters don't know that? Most of them, probably. There is a large amount of, I mean, it's not as bad now, but there is a large amount of hunters that do not know how this all works. So, honestly, I mean, I want you guys all to go to Howlful Wildlife, and I want you guys to sign up, and I want you to go to the Take Action page and take action. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you all to, one, educate yourself on the North American conservation model, okay? The whole world wishes they had our model. Just so you know, anybody you talk to in any other country, they're like, shit, I wish we would have did it like America did it. Okay, that's number one. But I want you to educate yourself on that and get a really, really good understanding of how that works. So you can speak, you know, you could speak well <laughs> about it. Not like me. You could speak like you, so you sound intelligently, you know, right. <laughs> speak intelligently. So it's not like, you, like you're intelligent, but and then I challenge you to one one person a year who is a non-hunter to 
start a dialogue with them and you could start like that. Hey, do you happen to know, you know, do you know where the money comes from to, to pay for wildlife? And do you know why you can go out to, you know, Flagstaff and go see elk or whatever, you know, I'm just picking a spot, whatever. But if you can teach one non-hunter a year about that, we'll be so far ahead because let's be honest. 80% of the people are non-hunting or and they're not anti-hunting. There's only 10% that are anti-hunting, 10% that hunt. I mean, the numbers are probably a little bit different, but very close to that. It's that middle road. That's the big majority right there. Those are the people that you need to necessarily convince. You don't need them to hunt. You don't need to, to bring them into hunting even. I know there was a big thing, and I was actually pushing it for a long time, was re, you know recruitment, recruitment, recruitment. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing you don't even need recruitment because the problem with recruitment is you're creating competition in the field. Right. And more people taking less stuff, you know, and, the, and then your opportunity goes down. It's not necessarily most people realize that and they don't want that. So don't recruit people. But what you need to do is make them understand where you come from. And that doesn't mean you can't even, if you got a guy who does not an odd hunter or whatever, and you want to take him out hunting just so he can have even better understanding. Oh shit. It's not like I'm just driving around a pickup truck. You can right. Out the fucking window like that's not you know it's not elmer fudd you know it's it's not that you have to bust your freaking ass i mean you and i are perfect we just talked about an hour about freaking building arrows how much we tinker, <laughs> freaking how much like hair that falls out of my head because of the shit that i think about all night long to mm-hmm. try to make it happen you know and and those are the things that we need to portray we also need to portray the meat and how it gets consumed. Like, I, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not on the camp of don't take grip and groom for that. I mean, listen, I'll be the first to free. I'm a picture taking motherfucker. Like I will, I I'm, I'm have it down to an art form. I, <laughs> I'm, I know how to take pictures and I, I love how to, I love taking pictures because that's part of the memory. It's part of the passion of what I like to look back and say, shit, man, look at that. You know, and and that's why we put trophies on the wall, right? So it's a memory, it's a it's a token, a memento, a memento of our accomplishment. It's not to say, oh, look how fucking macho I am, I shot that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that, but that's the perception. So, you know, I challenge everybody to start helping people understand where you come from, because it will help us be more relevant later on. We're getting less and less relevant. And the only reason why we're still around and it, the dirty truth of it is greed. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only reason why hunters are still around is because of greed. It's a giant industry that has so many like paralleling industries like trucks, ATVs, lodging and hotels and travel and all that stuff that oh, yeah. kind of that goes along with it that if it was to like stop today 100% it would literally close this country down like that's how much shit is tied to it and you know we don't want that and the and the government doesn't want that because obviously it would ruin so that's why we're still around that's why they still tolerate us but we don't want them just to tolerate us we want we want understanding and we don't want to keep losing shit we don't want to get to a point like if you go to another country hunting is privatized there's no public hunting. There's no public access. There's no anything. It's all privatized. All the animals are owned privately. They're not public domain. Hmm. And they don't have a system in place. I've talked to people in in, in uh, Australia, Canada, even Canada. So Canada is the closest to us. But they, they're always behind the eight ball with money. They never have enough funding to, to deal with wildlife because... They don't have the system that we have. And everybody I've ever talked to there is like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish the government would do what you have, you know, yeah. because it'd be just an excise tax. It'd be this, it'd be that, you know, they I, obviously they have tag sales and that stuff and that's where money's coming from, but they don't have that extra. They don't, that there's nothing coming from the federal government because of that. And anyway, well, I'll get off my toe. No, I mean, and, and I've, <laughs> I've, I've had the same I did a podcast a long time ago talking about the same thing is like, you know, you have 
uh, um, a lot of people who who eat meat who don't hunt and and I feel like those are the folks right there even the ones who don't but those are the folks right there that I think you you could really easily connect with and you could really help connect the dots with and and you know I've told people if you buy a hunt license like it or not you're an ambassador because the dude that is going down and doing the you know the Coors Mafia thing he's affecting me he's affecting you because that's what's building that that stigma of oh you know redneck and just shooting whatever and it's just like you know and and it just negativity spreads you know a lot of people say it spreads three times easier than positivity you know just like if you have Absolutely. a negative well, especially yeah. nowadays i yeah. mean it's freaking that's all it's filled with is negativity and exactly and it just it all click, clickbait you know yeah and so you know if you buy a hunt license or whatever i i you know like you said talk to people i i've given meat to these neighbors over here the neighbors over here and you know and the neighbor over here too the corner lady um and i would be shocked if they ever vote no they all love the meat you know, I, I tell them what it is, and, and then they've even had fun with it. <laughs> For Christmas, they had some family over, and I gave them bear salami. And I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. You know, here's how I would eat it. And um, and they didn't they had a bunch of family over. They didn't tell them what it was. And they yeah. cut it up, and they served it to them. And, and um, basically, like, you like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. And they're like, yeah, that's bear. And, you know, they were kind of doing that oh, kind of thing with it. And, those and, are the best. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, and – I didn't do that. The people next door did that because That's I was awesome. willing to give them a piece, you know, just a just a six inch thing of salami, you know, and right. maybe I maybe that act turned three or four people into people eat bears. I didn't know that, you know, like exactly. that's a huge stigma. And and yeah. um, you know, I, I probably have, you know, I have a lot of meat in my freezer this year. I was, I was pretty blessed with with uh, the amount I put in it, and, and a lot of that I was excited about. You know, I have like close to over a hundred cans of stew meat this year, and I plan on giving probably twenty-five to thirty percent of that away. Like, giving it away. I already, I've already given away probably fifteen to twenty cans, and it's just like, you know, maybe it's not buying a vote, but it's influencing somebody somewhere. No, this is going to do good. That's awesome. That's yeah, and awesome. Um, it's just what what bothers me the most, and I don't know how. You know, and I've always came from if you if you if you bitch about something or if you if you complain about something and you don't have a solution, you're bitching. Right. Don't bitch. And we're, so we're, we're great at that. We, I, are we are fantastic at that. And so I say that because the next point I'm bringing up is something that I don't have a solution to. Um, but that is how a lot of these commissions are, are, are basically they're very political. The commissions are politically appointed. Ours is by the governor. I don't know how your guys' state is. Um, it, Washington. They're all a little bit different, but yours, yours guys is a special kind of fucked up yeah washington especially um you know they're all very political and they're all very vocally liberal and doesn't matter whether you're liberal or democrat or whatever but if you are liberal democrat your side is fucking us more than the other side i can tell you that right now and uh and and these people are getting on these commissions you know if if you hear two thousand people complain about cougar hunting as a commission you should hear the complaints and you should hear their side of the story and then you should quietly tell them to fuck off because that's part of conservation and just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not necessary. But these commissions right. are so liberal and anti-hunting that they're that they're allowing it and, and, and they go yeah. with it. I mean, how I, do I we fix a, that? I got a solution. I got a solution. For yes. It. That's what I'm my question. How do we fix these commissions? You fix the commission by not allowing people on the commission that are not sportsmen. Because there's plenty of Democrats out there that are sportsmen that understand wildlife conservation. Right. I've got family that are Democrats. Simple like as that. Liberals. As that. Yeah, liberals. I, and they I, hunt. I've, I've, <laughs> I've guided my fair share. Uh, we've had excellent conversation. Like when it comes to when it comes to hunting, we're, we might not have exactly the same views about stuff, but the end goal is usually the same. They want to see wildlife. They want to continue the heritage. They want to, right. you know, and that's, what's important. I think. So right now, one thing I love it, like about Arizona is, so we only have five commissioners. Each commissioner has to represent a different County. They cannot be from the same County, which is, is good. Um, but the other thing on there is that there can't be any more than three from the same political party. Hmm. So if there's three Democrats and two Republicans or vice versa, one independent. Right. Okay. Right. Um, it, it, you know, it's, um, 
it's a good it's good policy. But it's like right now, I, I believe we have three Democrats in, in there and only two Republicans. And I'm not convinced that all our they say they are, but I don't think they really are true sportsmen. Like one's a fly fisherman and the other one's like a bird shooter. <laughs> Like he's a wings, wing shooter. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, he, and it was like late onset to me. Like that's like, and listen, I don't know the guy, so I'm not going to put him down. I, I really don't want to get into it, but my first gut rat, you know, reaction to it is that's like a guy who plays golf and tells me he's an athlete, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you really? Yeah. I could see but, that. I could see that. I, no. I, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there should be, um, you know, because Oregon in 94 passed some great, fantastic laws out, you know, banning and, and banning the use of hounds. It was like, and no one took no one took it seriously and it had no chance of passing and no one did anything. And so the That's public, MO, man. the we public, yeah. And I wasn't, you know, I was only shit five um, at that time. And so obviously I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. I was probably still pooping my pants back then. And, and, uh, it just, you know, we have stuff like that. We have, I, we have a bill going on right now that would literally change the way you lived your life in Oregon. We're trying to, and, and, or no hunting, no, hunt. it's no. banning honey altogether. If you're and ranching and farming and, and Everything. neutering your dog and you can't, you like, it's an anti-animal abuse. Might as well bill. put freaking pants and shoes on your freaking pets because they are now. <laughs> yeah, you like ranching practices. Yep. You can't disseminate a a horse or a cow. You can't do yep. anything. Declaw your cat. Um, yep. There's there's rules where you can't uh, bring in certain meats. It's just it would end end basically. They don't want you to eat meat, and the vegans brought it up. It's IP thirteen. You can look it up. It's a horrible bill. Uh, but you know, that shit, and, and I'm on the Oregon association, Oregon hunters association, locally, um, that board and, um, and you know, everybody's fighting that thing like hell, but you know, I, I took the thing and like, it's in, it's in its infancy. Right. right. And I was like, there's, has no fucking way of passing. And then one of them uh, on Trust the board me. on the board is like, they that's what they ways. said in 94. And I'm like, touche. And I completely changed my mind. I'm like, we need to take this seriously. Cause you know, I would have been guilty of saying that thing back in 1994, apparently. And so um, it just I, – I, and Oregon's super liberal, and I don't know how we how we get – because the, the governor appoints the commission, right? Oh, so – and, and we're stuck in this 30- or 40-year cycle of, of nothing but nothing here, here, but liberals. And here's, so, the be- here's the beauty, okay? Because Oregon allows out-of-state hunters – it doesn't have to be people just from Oregon. The commission or? No, I'm talking about voicing the opinion. Oh, right. So even though let's say, I know Oregon's got a lot of freaking hunters too, though, period. But let's just say for simple numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. There's only 100 hunters in Oregon. <laughs> we know that's a bullshit number. but <laughs> And there's a 1,000 anti-hunters, right? And then 2,000 in between who don't give a shit. They just want to be left alone. You can get 2,000 people from other states that come hunting in Oregon that want to hunt Oregon and whatever. That's what Hal is doing. So Hmm. we're trying to unite everybody. I'm trying to unite the guy in Florida who hunts crocs with with the guy that wants to hunt bears in California. Like, yeah, let's let's bring them together. You know. Yeah, I like that. I don't, that's I don't, that's, that's, that's what, And uh, we're reaching out. We're actually looking for a person in Oregon. Um, I want to have a, a. Um, I'm not in charge of this, but I'm going to be making myself in charge of this because I keep talking to people about it. Um, <laughs> that I want to have a liaison in every state, at least one, um, that kind of has their finger on the pulse of what's going on in that state, and. Like I said earlier, we're designed as a tool. So if you're on, you know, would you say the, is it the hunters or bow hunters? Uh, Oregon hunters association. Okay, Oregon hunters association, Oregon hunters association. We would create an admin for that, for that organization. And when you guys have something that comes up that is related to wildlife management and 
you know, hunting bands, stuff like that. Boom. We mm. start the mission in there and then we send it out to the masses and then hopefully we get it. You know, so what, how this all started was last year we, they were, they came for bear hunting and they came up with this petition was SB 52. It was a bill. It wasn't a petition. It was already a bill at that time. Then it was going to be voted on. And we got 27,000 signatures in two days from Hmm. all over the country. That's awesome. And knocked it right off the ballot. They're like, goodbye. We're not even going to look at this. We're not even voting on it. See you later. Left Left the floor. Now they're back again. They got smart because everything was emotional on that first one. Very, very, very little science. Now they're coming back. But all the science that they're sharing, it's all refutable. It's all stupid shit. They're make, making things up and twisting words. And and that's, unfortunately, that's what statistics are. You, right. You know, Figures lie and liars figure. Yep. Exactly. So um, so this one, now it's a, as a petition. It's not a bill yet, but they're trying, you know, they're going to turn it into a bill and it's going to be a process and all this other shit. But we're trying to get that knocked out as well. So, you know, moving forward, that's why we need people in every state. So as they come up, because it's much easier to deal with it when it's at this level. The old mentality is let's let it get to litigation because that's where they make money. When lawyers and shit get involved, that's when money's exchanged. And that that doesn't work for me. I'm not doing this to make somebody else rich. I'm I'm doing this because I want to right continue to go freaking walking around the woods with my bow in my hand. You know, that's that's why I want that's why I want to do it. I want to take my kids to go call elk and look at deer and sheep and whatever. My dad, he's a photographer. Like that's you know, I'm trying to get to his people that he hangs out with. I'm like, listen, you guys got to be involved in this because this shit will go away too. Right. They won't be here. There won't be undulates here for you to see. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're not, you know, they're not going to be around. They're, they're, nothing's going to be here. It's not going to, because nobody's going to care anymore because there's right. not going to be any money to care about it. Right. It's just un- unintended consequences of, of these folks. And, and a lot of people, they come out with these things and these, these ideas and they don't think big picture. It's just, it's just frustrating, and so, um, so I, I guess just wrapping this thing up, John is is so it's it's Hal for uh, wildlife, howforwildlife.org. dot yep. org. So it's an org, and people can become a member for free. Correct. And it basically, if I have a problem with IP thirteen, which will shut down hunting completely and fishing, everything, um, ranching, cattle industry, everything, um, yep. I can like, hey, I'm going to submit that to the wildlife or howforwildlife.org and you guys will be like bing and send it out to everybody and get the, all the signatures and then send it back to us yeah if, if it's concerning wildlife management that's and pretty slick well if it's not already on the action center and you have a you know something that's actionable then yes yeah, send it to us and we'll get it up awesome well, is there anything else that you want to you want to close out with here um yeah i guess you know be good to your be good to your fellow hunter that's the other thing that, you know, I've been trying to hit home for years now is, um, you know, we're all in this together. I know it's a competitive thing. No, I believe me, I've gotten heated many times walking up to a one of my hunting spots <laughs> and running into another hunter and glassing and, you know, whatever. But in the end, listen, we're all doing this shit for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're all in it together. So we need to, we just need to be respectful of each other and remember we're all on the same team stop spending wasting and expending energy fighting with each other and and come together and let's let's focus that energy on on the people that we really need to focus that energy on yeah i 100 percent agree the infighting is insane and and uh if we can solve that we're our own worst enemy i mean if we were united Oh my God, we would be unstoppable. I mean, and I, I brought that point up too. Is is you know the thing that they have going for them, the other side does is they all know and they all agree they don't like animals dying. They don't like hunting. They right. don't like it. They don't. You know, there's no factions in there that says no rabbits are more important than squirrels. They don't have that. It's just let's just 
infighting animal cruelty like we don't like it and so they don't have that infighting and it's just a common goal and then and if you are trying to get 15 different teams together to go fight one team it's not going to be a good it's it's just not going to work we're going to exactly. have we're going to have what happened to washington happen yep so well i appreciate your time man we're going to have to um to get together again here in the future yeah. and talk about arrows and all that other stuff you know in, in depth some other time I mean, we got into it for about, uh, accidentally for about you know 50 minutes <laughs> oh jesus christ really was it that long? yeah i'll probably i'll probably do two episodes one that's um accidental arrow episode is probably what i'll call it and then uh <laughs> and then we'll talk about the how for uh, wildlife.org um, episode <laughs> all right sounds good but, all right man i appreciate your time all right thanks a lot appreciate you man yep all right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of it. John is a great guest, has a lot of experience, and is doing a lot of really uh, great things for hunting activism. And, and, and he's just basically just trying to get ahead of the ball here, trying to be a part of the solution, and um, just really trying to unite multiple different states that, you know, this is going to go on where you live eventually, whether you like it or not. And so get involved, howlforwildlife.org, and uh, hopefully, hopefully – you know, they can make a difference and, and we all got to stick together on this. So uh, there will be another episode uploaded about arrows here very shortly. And I, I imagine John and I will probably schedule another episode in the future where we can really just nerd out and geek out on, on some of the tests that we've done, some of the comparisons um, of the results and just what did he find? What did I find? And, and him and I have done a lot of uh, very similar things and, and um, just really, really appreciate his, uh, his perspective and opinion on a lot of things. And, and um, would love to, to, to hear where we follow and, and, uh, and, and what we see. So outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening. I hope to see you on the next one, and I'll catch you later.